Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Reborn Fighting, a Phillies-oriented podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Rauch, and let's jump into episode two. Now, last time when I left you off, we talked about the end of the Phillies season and how it just spiraled into what it became, what it be, what it eventually became. We talked about the injuries to the bullpen, the mismanagement of the pitching, and overall why we faltered at the end and why we did not reach October for basically the eighth straight year and why we finished an 81-81 and record, perfectly balanced, as all things should be, according to Thanos. <laughs> so I am recording this after getting home from seeing Joker. Now, I don't want to talk too much about the movie because it's obviously a Phillies podcast, but I liked it. It was very interesting. And if you're a fan of horror movies and uh, superhero-related genre movies, although this isn't really a superhero movie, uh, and you like DC, I suggest giving it a look. Just see, maybe look at the trailer, a couple trailers or two, see reviews, see if you're interested. And if you are, I do suggest going to see it. I really liked it. Yeah. Back <laughs> back to the Phillies. Now, there's been a lot, but not a lot that has happened recently. So, before we jump into the big topic of the day, which will be the front office situation, the manage- managerial situation, to be concise, I want to talk a little bit about some drama that just came up. I don't have this in my notes. I just thought of this on the fly, so... Uh, be understanding if I stutter a little bit while explaining this because I'm going off my memory off the big noggin here so recently Jake Gary had made some comments about Carlos Santana and the culture he brought just saying basically how the culture's gotten better as, without him here because as you know the infamous infamous incident last year with Carlos Santana was as the Phillies were collapsing hardcore in September falling out of the playoff race, people losing hope. Players were playing Fortnite in the clubhouse. I forget if it was during a game, after a game, or before a game, but obviously Carlos Santana was not happy, and he he straight up smashed the TV. He just smashed it. You see, that dude was pissed. He was pissed off. So Jake Arrieta is basically saying here that the clubhouse culture has become better with the departure of Carlos Santana. Now, in response, Carlos Santana basically said that he does his job. If he sees someone like Jake Garrietta, who's providing a bad influence on players, he's going to speak up. And overall, I really respect Carlos Santana for that because Jake Garrietta, to be bl- <laughs> to just be straightforward, he hasn't really been the best teammate, it seems, and I don't think he's been the best veteran presence on the team, but we don't really know any, any in-depth things about what he's done in the clubhouse, so I can't. This is just my my guess off of things I've heard and seen, so yeah, just to get just getting that out of the way, just to let you guys know because we talk about everything Phillies here, and I try my I do my gosh darn best to keep you guys updated and in the know about what's going on with this team in this upcoming long and painful off season. Now, why is it going to be painful? Because of things like this. Now, the Gabe Kapler situation. The Gabe Kapler situation. I meant to say, um, it's 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 real. It's weird. It is. I don't think I've seen anything like it. Watching baseball for the past few years, definitely no competent 
team has done something like this, I don't think. But just to sum it up, it's probably the most non-biased way I can. So the Phillies were declining ever since the McCutcheon injury, but most importantly declining mid-late August, September, basically a repeat of last year, but not as bad as last year because in 2018 we literally fell off a cliff. This time it was a slow and painful death, if you get the get what I'm saying there. So, yeah. So the Phillies were falling out, and the people were thinking, and there was speculation towards the end of the season about Gabe Kapler's job and his job security. Would he be back for 2020? Should he be back for 2020? And what is the front office going to do? Should Matt Klentek and Andy McPhail be back for 2020? And if you don't know who they are, Matt Klentek is the general manager of the Phillies, and Andy McPhail is the president. Now, both after the great offseason we had, and again, I it was a great offseason, but we did lack to make – Two, two major things. We lacked in pitching and depth last offseason, off but we really we made great additions to the lineup, so that's all right. It's frustrating. It is what it is. So after that big offseason they had getting Bryce Harper, Real Muto, Segura, McCutcheon, a few, few big names there, they got extensions, and we only found out about it in this, in, as the season started, and we learned that they got extensions right after that big offseason concluded. So... From my knowledge, McClintock's here for a few more years and Andy McPhail is or something like that. One of them is I know <laughs> I should have wrote this down. My bad guys. I'm still getting used to this podcast thing. Remember, I have not done this. Last time I really did a podcast like this was back in like January, February. So I'm still I'm still trying to dive back in with plus I'm doing this all in one cut, so <laughs> and I play and these episodes are gonna be like twenty or twenty five minutes long each. So in one cut I there is bound to be a few mess-ups, so bear with me. Bear with me. So Matt Klentek, Andy McPhail got extensions throughout 2021, 2022, years like that. So you get three, two three-year deals, extensions. You get the GIF. So they got extensions after the offseason now. There was still speculation about their job security because, really, if you've looked at the Phillies, we haven't done much anything good in development of players, <laughs> and development of pitching and overall our philosophies with hitting and pitching. Now, going into the 2019 season, we let Rick Kranitz go. Rick Kranitz, if you don't know, was our pitching coach in 2018, and he worked well with young with their young players, but the problem there was we were still young. But, like, the stats, like the, like the, like the really in-depth stats, like FIP and stuff like that, fielding independent pitching, so that we got unlucky, and Rick Kranis was a part of that. We, we, to clarify, he wasn't a part of us getting unlucky, but he he was he was the pitching coach when these guys were all when these guys were coming off years that we all thought were going to break out, and we apparently teams wanted to hire Chris Young, so we thought, oh, we can't let them have Chris Young. We're just going to let Rick Kranis go because he doesn't really represent the analytical or statistical philosophy we want to dive into as an organization because all the great organizations like the Tampa Bay Rays, Houston Astros, Los Angeles Dodgers, and Atlanta Braves even use the statistic analytic approach like that. So we let Kranitz go, and of course he went to the Braves. Why not? And we made Chris Young our pitching coach. Now In 2018, he was the assistant, as far, if my memory serves correct. So we made him the official pitching coach 2019, and as you may or may not know, 
we really haven't had a single pitcher who's gotten better in 2019. Everyone's regressed. You have Nola, who's regressed. You have Pavetta, who's definitely regressed. Velasquez regressed. Eflin. I guess you can say a little progress, but I think he will still regress. And Jake Arrieta, it's just Jake Arrieta. He sucks. He's bad. So, and the entire bullpen got hurt. So, forced to bring up these young guys. It was not a fun time. It's not a fun time. All right. Uh, apologies for that. I had to do a cut because I had to, something came up I had to do real quick. So, and this, the way Anchor, which I'm recording this on, allows me to do cuts like that. Or allows me to stop recording and then start recording. So hopefully this works. I'm not sure how it's going to sound, but yeah. So right before I cut off, I was talking about the young guys we have to bring up. And really, Chris Young has not made any pitcher of ours better in 2019. Everyone's regressed in some shape, some way, shape, or form. So we fired him. Good decision. But the thing is, this whole week we've been... Waiting on a decision on Kapler. We already know Klintak and Mifail are coming back, which what I think about that is I don't think they should be coming back. I think that Klintak and McPhail have brainwashed John Middleton into thinking that their their plan's going to work when, in fact, they are pushing flawed philosophies, flawed hitting philosophies. Because they, they hitting and pitching philosophies, I mean. They hired Chris Young. They hired John Malley, two coaches who were god-awful. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. They were crap. They sucked. They made our guys worse. As when John Malley was here, we were horrible hitting. Our offense was horrible. Then you bring Charlie Manuel in, Charlie Manuel in and we start hitting again. So, <laughs> like, any person with a brain can realize that these guys are impacting our, our players negatively. So, rightfully, John Middleton stepped in, got rid of Malley. And I'm 99% sure Middleton was the one to step in here to get rid of Chris Young because, you know, Kapler and Klentek, they wanted to keep John Malley. They wanted to. Kapler wanted to keep his man. Klentek wanted to keep his man's man. But Middleton knew that this crap was going wrong. So we stepped in, he fired Malley. And it hasn't been confirmed how or why we fired Young. Well, you know why. But we don't know who did it and, like, how it went, how it came to fruition. But I'm guessing it was Middleton again because he doesn't want any crap of this because he realizes these guys are crap. Now, Chris Young's been offered a position in the front office. So there's some speculation that like it could be like higher up pitching philosophy. And really, he was he was with the Astros and the Padres, I think, before this. So he's been with a good organization. And he knows pitching, but he wasn't he didn't really work out as a pitching coach. So we need to hire someone who fits that pitching coach role. Now, for potential candidates, one name that you're going to be surprised by, Mickey Calloway, the former, now former Mets manager who was recently fired. Before he was before he was hired by the Mets, uh, the year we brought Kapler in, <coughs> he was the Cleveland Indians pitching coach when they had their great pitching rotation. So. He knows pitching. He knows about pitching. And he was able to manage over guys like Noah Syndergaard, Zach Wheeler, Jacob DeGrom, and Marcus Stroman when he came over. So he's been around good pitching, and I think he does know what pitching is. So I think that's a really underrated name we should try to bring in. But this is this is Klintek and McPhail we're talking about. They, their regime has been here since 
Clintac's been here at least since 2015. I think that's around the same time McPhail came in too. So they've been here for four, four or five years now, and they haven't done crap. We haven't gotten better. Like we, the only thing we've really done is hire Jason Ochart to help our hitting guys and spend money on Bryce Harper and, and his friends. That's really all we've done. So I don't trust Kapler, <laughs> Clintac. I don't trust Clintac and McPhail to make the right decision here. I think it's going to blow up in their faces. Part of me kind of hopes it does, but I really don't because I want to see a good. I want to see a good baseball team for once. I want to see. I want to see. I am dying to see October bleed red for the first time since 2011. Mercy, like I want to see those rally towels in Citizens Bank Park for the first time in eight years. I want to see that. I want to live through that. I want to see this city rejoice for this baseball team like it did in 08, 09, 10, and 11. Great years. I want to see that again. I was so young. I didn't understand it at that point because I was so young. Now I'm dying to see it, and you're dying to see it too. We're all dying to see it. We want to see October bleed that Philly red once again. Now, and I don't think the guys we have in charge right now have the potential to, to lead us back there. I really don't. I don't. I've lost trust in Clentac and McPhail because they, simply they've made so many mistakes. It doesn't seem they know what they're doing, which which is very scary. And Middleton's just letting this happen. He's just letting it go on. So I'm very concerned. I am very concerned because you can't just spend money and win. You can say the Yankees did that, but they developed players. They developed Mariano Rivera the first time. Where, what's, the, what's the word? First Hall of Famer that everyone voted for. I forget the word. I'm sorry. They developed Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada. Names like that, they developed those guys. And they also spent money. So there has, there has to be a balance. Now, we got two young studs, Spencer Howard, Alec Bohm, who look like they could be really legit if they're given the, the proper care, which, again, I'm kind of concerned about. But really, they're even though they're, they look good, they're not confirmed to be anything. We, we see with Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta has a, has a good curveball. He's a Live fastball, but in this day and age, that you need more. He doesn't know how to pitch. He's he's a thrower. He's not a pitcher. And being a pitcher myself, it's very frustrating to watch him pitch because you know what you're getting with Nick Pavetta. You're getting a flat fastball that's either elevated or right down the middle, and you're getting a hanging curveball or slider that he can't control because he hangs it all the time. So, yeah, about that. <laughs> So, again, this whole week we've been waiting for Kapler, the decision around Kapler. Now we're expecting a decision next week. And then with some of our coaches being uh, unknown coaches being kept for next year and a hitting coach being fired, you see when you when a new manager is brought in, they usually make their own coaching staff, especially when it's a veteran manager like people want or think we're going to go for if we fire Kapler. So it's hard for me to see us firing Kapler. This point, I thought the long. I initially thought we would. I thought it was a, it was a sealed deal. He was gone. But after waiting this long and just seeing how it's folding out, 
I really think we're going to keep Kapler. And I think it's going to be a big mistake. It's going to be a big mistake because Kapler played a part in making our players, our pitchers, worse. And I don't trust with his judgment. I don't trust Klintak's judgment. I don't just. I don't trust McPhail's judgment that they're going to bring in a good pitching coach and a good hitting coach that are going to make our guys better. See the Phillies. This regime, they don't make players better. They make them worse. It's confirmed. There are outliers, but you see, that's why we can't develop young players. See, if you if you gave Nick Pavetta, if you gave Vince Velasquez, if you gave Reese Hoskins, if you gave Scott Kingrich to a team like the Tampa Bay Rays, Nick Pavetta would be a Cy Young candidate. Reese Hoskins would be in the MVP talks. Scott Kingry would be <laughs> would be in the race for a batting title. Just think about that. Just think about that. So, we have had a hard time developing talent, which is why we haven't been able to succeed. It's simple as that. And I think bringing Kapler back is going to be a mistake. Because, again, he follows that same philosophy. But, again, you can you can talk about how he's represent, he um he's only, like, an extension of the front office. But, like, I, again, I'm concerned about Kapler, but at this point, I'm more concerned about Tech and McPhail. Like, Kapler really just does what he's told as a manager. And they tell him what to do. So, but again, if you fire Kapler, it makes no sense to to keep McPhail and Klintak because that's their guy. That's their guy they brought in after they after Pete McCannon was fired. That's their guy they brought in for the new analytic analytical approach of the Phillies. That's their guy. If you fire them, where does it leave? If you fire Kapler, where does it where does it leave leave them? Because Klintak wants to keep Kapler, and I'm pretty damn sure McPhail wants to keep Kapler too because. Him and Klintak are clown buddies. Like they go to clown school together. <laughs> They're freaking clowns. Like, They're dumb. They're clowns. Like freaking Joker. They're more clown. They're more of a clown than Joker was in the movie I saw. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm, I'm joking around. But yeah, I don't. I don't trust them. And if you fire Kapler, what is it? Where does it leave them? Because like it's going to be a Middleton decision if Kapler's gone. It won't be a contact decision. It won't be a McPhail decision. It'll be a Middleton decision. So does that show that he has no trust in them? If you don't have trust in your in your guys running your team, you're you're in for a long time. You're in for a long hellish offseason if you don't trust your guys. So and they're in a bad spot because they're taking so long. The longer it goes, I think more likely they don't know what to do. But eventually I think it leads to Capra coming back because it's not going to make sense to tell your coaches they're going to come back and then hire another manager who's probably going to want his own coaches in there. They're going to, they don't, they're it like my, my best guess, it's taking so long because they don't know what to do. They're clueless. They, they've had the entire month of September. They've had all this time to think about this. And right when they need to make a decision, when the Mets have already fired their manager, the Cubs have fired Joe Madden. The Padres have fired Andy Green. The Pirates have fired Clint Hurdle. And the Angels have fired Brad Osmus. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know what to do. So longer it goes, it gives the other teams more chances, more time to talk with these other managers, less time for us to. So I think we're going to keep Kapler, and I think it is going to go awful. It is going to blow up in their faces, and rightfully so, deservedly so, it should. 
It really should because they deserve it. They failed this team. Klentek, McPhail, Kapler, they failed this team. John Middleton, in a sense, failed this team for trusting these clowns to run our Philadelphia Phillies. They all failed this team. They failed it. They failed us. They failed the city. They failed their players. Failure. Shouldn't be an option, but but in Philadelphia, with the Philadelphia Phillies, it is. So, again, we're waiting on Kapler's decision. I think it's going to go awful. People are going to boycott the team. They're going to try try, try to explain, like, why. <laughs> well, you see, we had a one game better than 2018, and if we would have made the playoffs right now, it would have been the fastest rebuild in history. Like, cut the, cut the crap. Cut the crap. You didn't make the playoffs because you chose not to make the playoffs. You didn't want to add the pitching. You chose not to. Your judgment was flawed. Flawed. Disgraceful. I'm sickened. I'm sick to my stomach. That's all I got to say about this. Again, thank you for listening or on whatever platform you're on. Again, as well as this being on Anchor, this is also on Spotify right now at Reborn Fighting if you want to give a listen. And again, thank you for all for listening. Thank you for the support I've been getting from people I know in real life and on here. I really appreciate it. And hopefully once the Kapler thing is resolved, I'll be able to get a podcast out just briefly explaining and discuss, discussing about that. Maybe I'll get someone else on, but again, it all depends on scheduling, how easy that'll be because I'm a senior in high school. I got things going on. I got a job, uh, volunteering someplace. So I'm busy. I'm a little bit busy. So it all depends if timing works. I'm certainly open for I'm certainly open for it. So again, thank you all for listening to episode two of Reborn Fighting. Hopefully we get a resolution on the Gabe Capper situation again. And apologies for the jump cut in the middle of this podcast. Again, I had to do something. And I'm pretty sure you didn't want to hear me talking and doing something with the mic on. That would last like a minute or two. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks for listening. I hope you all have a great day slash night. And please send a prayer for our Phillies. <laughs> send a prayer because I think they're going to need it. I think they're really going to need it because they are on the brink of messing this up and losing their fan base and losing this city. <laughs> Good night. Good day. Good night. Hope you all have a fun time. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Ethan. Peace out.